Last week I told you that we are starting a new series called Supernatural. We believe in a supernatural God. We believe in a God who, who can do anything. Amen? Impossible is nothing. Nike stole that from the, our supernatural God. Amen? We believe in a God with whom nothing is impossible. Amen? But here's the thing. It says nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible for God is common sense. But nothing is impossible with God, right? So when you and me, we come in union with God, nothing becomes impossible for you. Amen? Because we believe in a supernatural God. Amen? Awesome. So today, I want to talk to you about supernatural provision. Wow. <laughs> Preach it! <laughs> supernatural provision. And, and even before I begin, I want to share this with you. The objective of trusting God for supernatural provision, the objective is not that we get more money. Okay? The objective of trusting in supernatural provision is not more money. In fact, the word prosperity, it means to do well in life. It's not about having money, it is to do well in life. Now, if, if you have like five areas of your life, starting with your spiritual life, your emotional life, physical life, relational life, and financial life. Financial life is not the only thing, it's one of the aspects. So, you need to do well in all of your, all of these areas of your life, beginning with your spiritual life. Spiritual life spills out. It has to spill out into your emotions. It has to spill out into your health. It has to spill out into your relationships. And then finally, it has to spill out into your finances. In the kingdom, money is the least valued currency. Can I say this again? In the kingdom, money is the least valued currency. The highest value in the currency in the kingdom is relationships. That's why we don't have a transactional relationship. We come into an intimacy relationship with God. In the kingdom, money holds a least currency. But as long as we stay on the earth, we need money. We need money to function. So our spiritual prosperity needs to spill out, needs to create ripple effects in our emotions, in our health, in our relationships, and also our finances. It's very important. But prosperity necessarily does not just mean having money. It means to do well. To do well. God wants you to do well in every area of your life. Amen? If we are spiritually one with God, it is His desire that we do well in every area of our life. Amen? So just to prove to you that prosperity is not just about money, I want to give you a couple of instances where the Israelites, when they were moving from Egypt and they were, they were stuck in the wilderness for, for the 40 years, God provided to them by manna. You know what manna is? Manna is like, you know, it's, it's, it's a small white coriander seed. It looks like a white coriander seed, but it tastes like honey. Honey wafers. That's what the Bible says. I haven't had manna, so I don't know. But that's what the Bible says. It tastes like honey. And, and when the Israelites got tired of eating manna, God 
God brought like a wind and, and the wind brought them quails. So God, God gave them manna, bread to eat. God gave them meat to eat. And then when they were thirsty, he brought water out of the rock. That's prosperity and that has nothing to do with money. What will you do with money when you are stuck in the wilderness? There are no shops. But you can trust God to provide for you. Because he can speak into the rock and water can come out. He can speak to the quails and quails can fall. You see, prosperity has very little to do with money. Amen? So as you listen to this message, don't let not your eyes be on your bank balance. Let your eyes be on God. The core of this message is Psalms 37 verse 4. Delight in the Lord and he shall give you... Oh, no, 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 you don't get it. Delight in the Lord and he shall give you... All the desires of your heart. All the desires of your heart. But as long as you hold on to your desire, you're not, you will not be able to delight in the Lord. You have to completely delight in Him. Completely delighting in Him without having, you know, your, your desire becomes secondary, tertiary. It, it's, it's not even of value. When you completely focus on God, delighting in Him, where He becomes the very desire of your heart, that's when... You start God seeing, God fulfilling all the desires of your heart. Amen. But as long as we come to God for transaction, oh God, you know, let me worship you because this is my desire. I want to get married. Oh God, let me just pray. Let's do a fasting prayer because this is my desire. The problem is we're still focused on the problem. We're still focused on our own desires. Do you know the Bible says that it is sinful desires that bring corruption in the world? 2 Peter 1 verse 3 and 4. Sinful desires. How is a desire sinful? Is it, aren't desires given by God? Yes. When do they become sinful? They become sinful when we, when we separate those desires from the plan and purposes of God. When God is not in the equation... It becomes sinful. That's why I was telling you last week that one of the areas where the Holy Spirit is choked in our lives are those areas where we are absolutely selfish. We're selfish. We don't want to be a blessing. And the areas where the Holy Spirit flows is when we are not selfish. We want to pour out. We want to pour out to be a blessing. It's not just, oh Lord, bless me. But it is, oh Lord, bless me so that I can be a blessing. It's, it's a... It's, it's a it's a river that flows out. That's why Jesus says, out of the belly shall flow rivers. Rivers. So it needs to flow out. In fact, can I tell you something? You don't have to pray another day for God to bless you because Ephesians 1 verse 3 says that you are blessed with every spiritual blessing. You're already blessed. So as you take that step of faith and become a blessing for somebody, you'll see that flow happening. There's a flow happening. Amen. So prosperity has very little to do with money. But there are, there are things that you, 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 know, you need that can only be bought with money. And for those things, God will give you the money. But prosperity has very little to do, do with money. In fact, you know, I was reading this when the Israelites were in the wilderness. Their clothes and shoes, they did not wore out. Now, I know you wouldn't like that because you like shopping. But I would like that. <laughs> That's prosperity. 
That's supernatural provision of God, where your clothes and shoes don't wear out. Think about all the money that you try saving, and then you lose everything for, for a medical condition. You've been protected by God. Amen? So understand, prosperity has very little to do with money. In the kingdom, money holds the least currency. Some other examples. Elijah being fed by ravens during the famine. Amazing, right? Ravens bringing food for you. Peter, Peter experiencing a net-breaking load of fishes. Just because Jesus said it, go out into the deep and put your nets into the deep, Peter saw a net-breaking load of fishes. Now, tell me something. Who is the expert fisherman here, Peter or Jesus? Peter. Peter, in his experience, says, Lord, we have toiled all night and we haven't found anything. Now, your experiences can be wrong. But God's word is never wrong. So when God's word comes into your life, just do what he says. Because you're going to experience an abundance. So Jesus speaks, Peter, do this. Peter listens to that word, does it. Now tell me something. If the expert fisherman said there were no fish in the sea, were there any fish in the sea? If the expert fisherman has toiled all day and night, right? Were there fish in the sea? Oh man, hallelujah. Yes, there were no fishes. Absolutely, there were no fishes. But because Jesus said the word, fish had to be created. See, that, that, is, that is the supernatural ability of God. We believe in a God who is supernatural, who can create things out of thin air. He can create things out of the supernatural realm. Can you trust in a God who can provide for your needs. And the objective of this message is so that you will stop trusting in your finances and start trusting God. Because somewhere your salary has defined what you can do for the Lord. Somewhere salary has put a limitations over your life saying, this is how much you can give, this is what you can do for the kingdom, this is all that you can, you can pour out. But can I tell you, the provision of the kingdom comes where the vision flows. Where the vision flows. So if you catch hold of the vision, let go of your trust in these materialistic things, you will start to see the flow of the kingdom working through. Supernatural provisions working through. Amen? So don't put your trust in finances. Don't put your trust in bank balances. God can provide you supernaturally. Supernaturally. Amen. Okay? So don't limit yourself. Don't limit yourself based on your education, your background, your, your financial salary. Come on. Salary is a drug. It's a limiting drug that keeps you bondage like the Israelite slaves in Egypt. It's a drug. You want to get out of it, you have to trust God. Trust God to be the source of your finances. You have to trust God to be the source of your finances. He can supernaturally provide for you. Now, when you step out by faith, the Lord tells you to do something, you step out by faith in the kingdom, never say, Lord, I don't have it. I can't do it. Because if the Lord has told you, one, you need to know 
the Lord never tells you to do the possible. He'll always tell you to do the impossible. Why? Because his word can empower you to do the impossible. Amen. So when the Lord tells you to do something, step out. Regardless whether you have enough money in the bank account, regardless of who's supporting you, regardless if you have raised enough funds, regardless of that, step out. Step out. Hear God, step out. Why? Because once you step out in faith, you see the flow happening. You see the blessings of God overflowing in and through your life. Amen? So prosperity means to do well. It does not mean having money. Amen? It does not mean having money. Now, one of the side effects to prosperity and, uh, and because of which a lot of abuse has happened in the body of Christ, one of the side effects to prosperity is that if you're not careful, prosperity can kill you. Prosperity can destroy you. Your mind can get twisted and you can look at God as a transactional model and a principle. Prosperity can kill you. That's why you have to be careful that no matter what, whether you have less finances, more finances, no matter what, you are meditating on God and His Word. But His delight is in the law of the Lord and His law that He meditate day and night. So irrespective, irrespective whether it's a good day or a bad day, you still meditate on God's goodness. That, you know, your circumstances don't get to define who you are. God's word gets to define who you are. So I, I have to tell you the side effect to prosperity is your mind gets twisted and you still focus only on finances. I'm telling you, if that's what the focus is through the message, you have got the message wrong. The focus should be God. Delight in him. Okay? Delight in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Delight in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Is, it's to pull our eyes away from the spirit of mammon and to put our focus on God. And as you put your focus on God and you pursue the purposes of the kingdom without having any limitations of these financial materialistic things, just listening to God and obeying His voice and fulfilling the purpose and mandate of God, you will see flow happening. Supernatural provision met. Amen? I'll, I'll tell you a story. This was when I was uh, uh, nine years old. My parents are missionaries, you know this. One fine morning, I wake up in the morning and my dad gives me a 50 rupees note saying, Sam, go get bread and jam. And he told me very clearly, you know, this is the last, um, you know, the last money that I have, you know, from the wallet. He emptied his wallet. So I go to buy, I go to the shop, I go to buy bread and milk and eggs uh, and jam. And once I come back, you know, at that time, 50 rupees was a lot. You could get a lot. So I came back home thinking, man, this is probably, you know, I don't know how God is going to provide nine-year-old, but I've seen God come through. Uh, I come back home. As soon as I reach home, I see a big caravan just parked outside my house, a big caravan. So I... You know, I'm interested in vehicle and the model, so I wanted to see which model is it. And it had that Mercedes sign, and I was like, wow, a Mercedes caravan parked right in front of our house. I went inside the house. There were four foreigners there who had just come from Sweden. They had driven all the way from Sweden. They were preaching the gospel, evangelizing. They went 
to Russia, then to Afghanistan, and to Pakistan. And their final stop was Delhi, India. Their final stop was Delhi. And they wanted to fly out, leaving the caravan with us. And uh, you know, excited nine-year-old wanted to see what's inside the caravan. And I went inside the caravan. Uh, one of the guys, he just opened the bunker bed. And inside the bunker bed was full of Snickers. Like, full of Snickers. Here we are. I'm, I'm telling you, understand this. Here we are. Just me thinking that this is like the last straw that we are holding on to. And God has already provided for us. A caravan coming from Sweden, full of supplies. The food from those supplies lasted us for two months. They, and I'm not saying, you know, it was just leftovers. They, they had the best they had rice, they had tuna fish, I've never had salmon. I could not even imagine. In India, Delhi, 96, 97, eating tuna fish. It's unheard of. So what I'm trying to tell you is, when you completely dedicate your life for the kingdom, and you flow in the purposes of the kingdom, the kingdom will back you up. Amen. One of the hindrance, one of the hindrance among the body of Christ is we let our salary limit us. We let our salary tell us that this is all that you can do. Or this is how much you get, this is what you can do for the kingdom. But I'm telling you, you pursue God's vision, provision will follow. Provision will follow. I love the psalmist who says, I have. I have been young and I've been old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken. I've never seen the righteous hunger. Amen. In fact, when I was small, when my dad uh, was worried about finances, when I was very small, I spoke to him. I said, the young lions may lack, but the righteous shall never lack. What, what I'm trying to tell you is prosperity of God is not about money. It is about trusting in him that what he has said, he will do it. Amen? So when you trust God to fulfill the mandate of the kingdom that is upon your life, listen to me, to fulfill the mandate. You know what? We had many Christians coming to our church, but we hardly heard supernatural provisions in their life. More... I'm almost going to be 35. And I've been young and I've been old. <laughs> I've seen many Christians, but hardly seen supernatural provisions in their lives. And I'll tell you why. As long as we live a selfish, self-focused life, only thinking about me, my family, my career, we will choke the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. But as long as you take that step of faith and become a blessing to other people, it is, it is not about doing charity. Please understand that. It is not about doing charity. It is about fulfilling the purpose of God that is upon your life. It is not just about giving generously. Oh, you know what? I, I gave money. No. It is about really following the purpose that God has for you. Ephesians 1 verse 4 says, You were chosen before the foundations of the earth. You were chosen. God chose you before the foundation with a, God, with a godly purpose over your life. He has a dream for you. If you don't fulfill that dream, that dream becomes unfulfilled. 
heaven's dream remains unfulfilled if you just live a selfish life thinking about your life and your career. But as you step into that purpose and you move forth in that purpose, listening to what God has to say, trusting in what God has to say, provisions will follow. It will follow. If it is money, money will come. If it is money, if it is not money, if it is other things, other things will come. You will have unusual connections, unusual networking. Amen? The church is not built by money. Church is built by Jesus. And we follow his voice in what he is saying. Amen? So the key to prosperity is delighting yourself in the Lord. Delighting yourself in the Lord and he shall give you the, all the desires of your heart. You have to completely delight yourself in the Lord. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Are you guys blessed? Okay, since you got that, I'll end it. As a, as a child of God, we have to prioritize God and his word. Because God's word is God. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So God's word is God. But can I tell you this? Listen to me fully, okay, before you stone me. Bible is not God's word. Bible has God's word. There's a difference. See, the Greek word for scriptures is the word graphe. Is the word graphe. The Greek word for the word is logos. And the Greek word for the spoken word is rima. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God is the word logos. In the beginning was logos. It doesn't talk about scriptures. In the beginning was not scriptures. But scriptures have the benefit of revealing the logos to us. Okay? So if you just keep the scriptures with you, you're not really abiding in the word. You can sleep it, you can put this under your pillow and sleep over it. Nothing is going to happen. You have to open it and read it so that you can encounter the revealed word of God. That's why Bible has the word of God. Now we, we all the time we say Bible is the word of God. Absolutely it's not wrong. Please go ahead. Don't try to correct somebody saying Pastor Sam said it. In fact, I say it. This is the word of God. But just to bring bring in clarity. Okay? You have to read, you have to encounter the word that is revealed in these texts. If you encounter the word that is revealed in this text, your life is changing. Our lives are changed. Amen? Okay, so, so it is in delighting in God that he gives us the desires of our hearts. So how do we delight in him? By delighting in his word. By delighting in his word. Three things. One, hear God's word. Meditate on God's word and speak God's word. Hear, meditate, speak. Say with me. Hear, meditate, speak. Your ears, your heart, and your mouth needs to be in sync. For you to be established on the word of God, your ears and your heart and your mouth needs to be in sync with God's word. Now, you could be hearing God's word, but if you're having 
wrong pictures here, the word is not going to work fully. Okay? Now you could be hearing the word of God, have the, have the vision that the word of God is giving you, but you're not speaking it out. You're speaking evil. You're speaking wicked. Now what do I mean speaking evil and wicked? I'm not just saying just speaking, just cussing. You know, I mean speaking evil is anything that is contrary to what the word of God says is evil and wicked. Amen? No? <laughs> anything contrary to what Jesus has accomplished on the cross is evil and wicked. What Jesus has accomplished, he's accomplished, he's finished it once and for all. Say with me, finished. There's no, you know, his work is finished. It's perfect. You, don't, you and me can't add anything to it. Amen? But because we're living in this world, we get distracted by the voices that keeps hitting at us, right? The, the, the news that comes up, and they keep telling you contrary things to what Christ has done. And because we keep listening to those things, we keep entertaining those things, we speak evil and wicked things. Evil and wicked things which are contrary to what the word of God says. So as long as you hear God's word, you meditate on God's word, and you speak God's word, your ears, your heart, and your mouth are in sink. That's why God told Joshua, 1 verse 8, do not let the book of the Lord depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night and then you shall make your way prosperous and you shall find good success. So, hearing God's word brings in faith. Meditating on God's word and speaking God's word establishes you in the word. Amen? We are God's, we are people of God's word. Amen. In fact, you were born of God's word. Just like you need food for your body, your spirit being needs the word of God. Because your spirit being is created out of the same DNA of the word of God. 1, one, uh, one Peter 1 verse 23, you are born of the imperishable seed which is the living and abiding word of God. Amen. That's why you and me need to be established in the word of God. So, not just just, you know, have a glimpse of the word, hear the word so much that it begins to change the, you know, internal picture, the inner vision of your heart. And as, as the picture is changed, start speaking God's word boldly. What I found is people uh, in this generation don't have a problem reading God's word, don't have a problem hearing God's word, but there's a big problem in speaking God's word. We don't want to speak God's word. We can read. But speaking God's word takes boldness. But you have to speak God's word. It is not complete unless you speak God's word. Second Corinthians 4 verse 13, I believe. Oh, let's let's turn to that. Second Corinthians 4 verse 13. Since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke. We also believe and so we also speak. So you speak God's words. You speak. So when you are hearing God's word, you meditate on God's word, you speak God's word, the spoken word of God that comes out of your mouth, you're still hearing it again. So it's like a cycle. It keeps going on, on and on again. That's why... The psalmist says his delight is in the law of the 
Lord and in his Lord doth he meditate day and night. So what you're speaking is what you're going to hear. So if you speak God's word, you're going to hear God's word again. And it is going to establish in your heart. Amen? Delight yourself in God. How do you delight yourself in God? By delighting in his word. Amen? Amen. Now, I just want to give you three, three postures. So if you've, if go, if you've gone to the gym and you tr you've tried exercising, you try to pull the dumbbells or try push-ups, one thing that the gym trainer will be concerned is your posture. If the posture is not right, what you're trying to achieve, you will not get it. So the posture needs to be right. So three things, three things that you need for a correct posture in receiving God's word. The first one is patience. When you're believing in God for supernatural provision, the first posture is patience. Read with me Psalms 37, verse 7. Psalms 37, verse 7. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Say with me, wait patiently for him. Okay? Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his ways. So when you're waiting patiently for the Lord to supernaturally provide for you and you see somebody else being blessed, you don't get distracted. You wait patiently on the Lord. You don't complain. You don't bicker. Just look at the Lord. Keep waiting patiently at the Lord. Amen? And then it says, Over the man who carries out evil devices. Verse 9 says, For the evil doers shall be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. But those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. It doesn't say you shall earn your way. It says, you, you know what's the difference of inheritance and earning your way? I, inheritance happens without striving. It's a gift. And it's hard. It's hard because you can earn your way and be like, oh, I did this on my own strength. Inheritance is hard because it takes a lot of humility to receive. Okay? So for those who wait patiently, you have to wait patiently. If the Lord had told you, has given you a word, has given you a vision of how your kingdom purpose is going to come through, wait patiently. Don't try to, don't try to help God. Okay? Like, like Abraham and Hagar, they were trying to help God. Don't try to help God. God doesn't need your help. Yes. Amen? In fact, if you try to help God, you will delay. So don't try to help God. Just wait patiently. Wait patiently. If the Lord has said it, it will happen. Don't, don't try to, you know, uh, do evil means, alternate means. Just wait patiently. It's hard. Especially this generation, it's hard. It's hard to wait patiently. The Lord is going to bless you, my brother. Yeah, but it's going to happen. Can I remind you? Moses waited for 80 years before he stepped into his calling. 80 years. David probably waited for 12 years before stepping before stepping into his calling, Joseph probably waited 18 years 
give or take. Abraham waited for 25 years. Noah waited for 120 years. How many years are you waiting for? <laughs> you get what I'm saying? If the Lord has told you, it will happen. Wait patiently. Amen? Wait patiently. Put your delight in him. Wait patiently. See, as you wait patiently in the Lord, you start living from the vision that God's word has been given to you. Let me explain. When God told Abraham that he's going to bless him, God had to bring Abraham out of his tent to show him the vision. And God was like, can you count the number of stars? Can you count the number of sand particles that are there? That's how your offspring should be, will be. So when you start feeling restlessness, go back into the word. Because in the word is the vision of what it is going to be. So you can live your life from that vision. Because as you follow the vision of God from the word that you have received, provision starts following. Amen? So your circumstances might come to you and be like, your circumstances may look bad. You know, things are going way contrary to what the word of God was given to you. 2 Kings 18. The, the word of the Lord came to Elijah saying, I am going to send rain. Three years of famine, I am going to send rain. Elijah hasn't seen rain. But he goes and tells the king, hey king, the rain is about to come. Why? Because he has heard from the Lord. But then he adds another statement saying, I hear, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. Now, tell me something. Without any clouds appearing on the sky, without any rain happening, how is Elijah able to hear the sound of the abundance of rain? How is he able to do that? Because he was meditating on that word that he has received from the Lord and the word became a reality in his life. The word that you have received from the Lord, it is as real as you're touching paper, as you're touching your physical circumstances. So when you meditate on God's word, that becomes alive and you can hear, you can smell, you can taste the reality that comes from his word. So Elijah could boldly say, hey, I hear, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain even before anything has happened in the physical. So wait patiently. Wait patiently on that word. Wait patiently. Keep meditating on God's word till it becomes a reality for you. Amen? That's what John 17, 17 says. Set them apart by your truth. And your word is truth. Set them apart by your reality. Truth, the, the meaning of truth in the Greek comes from the word aletheia, which means reality. Set them apart by your reality. Your word is reality. These physical reality that you see is temporary, is fleeting. It might go up and down, but the reality that comes from God's word always remains in the standards of God. So let your eyes be on the reality of God. Amen? On the reality of God's word. So wait patiently. Wait patiently. Waiting patiently doesn't mean, oh, oh brother, what are you doing? Yeah, I'm waiting on God. But you look so depressed. You look so discouraged. That's not waiting on God. Waiting on God means 
being intertwined. It comes from the Greek uh, Hebrew word kava, which means being intertwined with God. Do you think God is depressed? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, today is a bad day. Yeah, it's raining, very gloomy. No. When you are waiting on God, you are forgetting the physical circumstances that you are in. And you are being intertwined with this presence, intertwined with this reality so much that you forget what your physical circumstances are. That's waiting on the Lord. So when you wait on God, wait on His word, the reality of His word captures your heart, changes your vision, changes your taste and your smell, and you begin to experience what the word of God says. And you start living in the reality of His word. Amen. So wait patiently. The second posture is humility. Psalms 37 verse 11. Humility. Psalms 37 verse 11 says, But the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant peace. The meek shall inherit the land. Be humble. Be humble. God gives grace to the humble. He opposes the proud, gives grace to the humble. One of the things about being humble is having a teachable heart. Having a teachable heart. You know, being brought up in a missionary's family, you think you know the Bible. You know, after listening to so many sermons for the for 22 years, you think you know every sermon out there. You think you know what the Bible says. When I was 22 years old, I was hit. I was hit by a unique revelation of God that it brought me, you know, God, only God can humble you without humiliating you, right? Made me so humble that I began to be hungry again. As long as you have a posture of being like, God, I want to learn. I want to be humble. I want, I want you in my life. You know, if you can be humble, Every time you hear God's word, it will be new, it will be fresh. Can I say this? A posture of humility, when you carry a posture of humility, even if a five-year-old is speaking God's word, you will receive from it. Because it is not about the container. It's about the spirit of God that is speaking through that vessel. If God can speak through the donkey... <laughs> He can definitely speak through me. It's all about humility. Humility. Humble yourself when you're listening to God's word. Be teachable. Receive God's word. It's not the vessel who's speaking. It's he, the spirit of God who is using his mouth to speak. That's why Paul, you know, in First Thessalonians, he's commending the Thessalonian church. He's saying, you know, when we came to you and we spoke God's word, you did not just listen to it as the word of man. But you received it as the word of God, which it is, he says, which it is. So when you hear God's word, don't just consider that as a word of man. Sit with humility, because in the sermon that you listen, is, in the sermon is encoded the word of God. You can hear the voice of your father. But the posture has to be a posture of humility. Oh God, I am here. I'm excited here. I'm, 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 I'm expecting what are you wanting to speak to me. Speak to me. Even if the preacher did not prepare and come, I'm telling you. <laughs> you can hear his voice through his spirit. 
as long as your heart is in the posture of humility. Be teachable. Be teachable. I love this verse that Paul says to, I think it's to the Corinthians church, he says, if you think you know it, then can I tell you, you don't know as much as you ought to know. Can I say this again? If you think you know it, you don't know as much as you ought to know. It, it just, it's just to tell ourselves, you know, we don't know as, as much as it ought to know. You know, I am an engineer. Uh, I did my bachelor's and my master's, and I, I can still tell you I can study for the next 20 years, and still there will be a lot that I need to know. If, if an area of expertise on the earth has so much to be learned, then how much do you think is the spiritual world? Isn't it stupidity that we even think that we know it all? There's so much. Yeah, it is 66 books written by 40 authors, but can I tell you, it, it is not written by those 40 authors. Yeah, they were used as vessels, but the Holy Spirit wrote them. The spiritual truth that still needs to be unearthed from, still can be dug out from. 2,000 years, we are, we are speaking from the same word, and still we are preaching the same Bible. I can't read the same book twice. I get bored. But you can read the same Psalms again and again. Because the Spirit of God that's speaking to you. So as long as you have a posture of humility, you can draw from His Spirit. Amen? Okay. The third one is thanksgiving. Psalms 37 verse 16. Psalms 37 verse 16. Better is the little that the righteous has than the abundance of many wicked. Better is the little. You have to underline the word little because we don't like the word little. Better is the little that the righteous has than the abundance of many wicked. Better is the little. Be grateful to what God has blessed you right now. Than start complaining about what you don't have looking at your neighbor. Better is the little that you have. Better is the little that you have. Be grateful, be grateful, be grateful. You know why? Because thanksgiving can multiply. Thanksgiving multiplies. You've read the story of five bread and five loaves of bread and two fish. What did Jesus do? He took them and he gave thanks. You take what you have and give thanks to Jesus. It is Jesus' job to multiply that. Amen? So don't worry, don't complain, don't try to strive, don't try to earn it. Just relax, rest. If it is God's vision and God has spoken to you, it is His responsibility to complete it, to fulfill it. Amen? You be faithful in the little that you have. Amen? Did you guys notice that all the verses today was from Psalms 37? Yeah, so it's a good exercise for you to go back and read that chapter. Psalms 37. Supernatural provision is your portion. Amen? Supernatural provision is your portion. Not to be, not to trust in your bosses and your companies that you're working. You, you work there excellently, but fulfilling the agenda of the kingdom. Amen? God is the source of your supply. God has to become the source of your supply. Amen? I love reading the story of Abraham again and again. And in one 
verse in Genesis chapter 15, verse 1, God tells Abraham, Abraham, I am your exceedingly great reward. Do you know that speaks volumes? Because if, if your salary is 20,000 right now, God can double it maybe. You can have 40,000. And then probably double it again, 80,000. Then double it again, or maybe 10 times. But nothing compares when God tells you, Abraham, I am your exceedingly great reward. Because when God cannot find anything in the world to bless you with, when he runs out of earthly resources, he's like, hey, I'll become your exceedingly great reward. You know, supernatural provision is not about the possession. Please, please understand this. But if possession is what you need to fulfill the kingdom's purpose, it will come. But let your eyes be on the source of supply, who is your father. You know, the meaning of Abba not only means he is my father, it means he is my protector, he is my provider, he is my source. You know, when, when babies are born, they're not really concerned about how their parents are going to feed them. Or they're not really concerned, oh, do, do my parents have enough money in the bank balance to get me milk? They trust their parents. Can you trust, childlike trust in your father, whom you call father? He is your provider, he's your source, and he's your protector. He'll keep you safe. Amen? Your salaries don't get to define you. Can I say this again? Your salaries don't get to define you. Your bank balances don't get to define you. You are defined by what God says about you in his word. Amen? There's a reality that God has for each and every one of you in his word. Be set apart in God's reality. Be set apart in God's reality. But his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law does he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the river bearing fruit in every season. Bearing fruit in every season. Can I tell you supernatural provision is your portion because God has become your portion. Amen. If God did not withhold his own son, how graciously will he not give us all things? All things with him. Okay, it's not all things apart from him. It's all things with him. So may your eyes be focused on the kingdom. Seek ye first the kingdom and all these things shall be added. Amen. If you're somebody who's billing for provisions today, I want you to stand up in your feet. And Or if you're somebody who's struggling with, struggling with finances, you just caught up with with spirit of mammon just stand up on your feet and just lift your eyes up to heaven and say lord i want you to be my source i want you to be my source i don't want anything to define me i don't want anything to limit me i want to be your i want you to be my source come on lift your hands and say it in your own words i want you to be i want you to be my source if you are struggling with desires that does not include God in the picture and you want to completely surrender, this is your time. Just stand up with me and say, Lord, I delight in you. I delight in you. I want to surrender my life. I want to surrender my purposes. I want to lay them at your feet. I delight in you. I want to say yes to your purposes. I want to be led by your spirit.
for your spirit of God lives in me. Ah, I want to trust you. Trust you. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. But by every word. But by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Lord, we trust you. We trust your word. May your word become our reality. May your word become our reality. Worthy is your name, Jesus. You deserve the praise. Worthy is your name. Worthy is your name, Jesus. You deserve the praise. Worthy is your name. Worthy is your name. surrender to surrender your desires do you know that your father loves you loves your heart's desires but will you take a moment to just desire to put all your desires at his feet and be like none of my desires none of my desires overrides you you are my one desire you are my one desire I worship you I worship you worthy is your name the praise worthy is your name worthy is your name Jesus you deserve the praise worthy is your name worthy is your name Jesus you deserve the praise Come on, come on. Oh, worthy is your name, Jesus. You deserve the praise. 
Father, this is our prayer today, that all our eyes be on you. One thing have I desired, one thing have I desired is to gaze at your beauty, is to gaze at your beauty, is to stay in your house. Father, we want to camp in your presence. We want to camp in your word, where your word becomes more real than the physical circumstances that we face. Let your word become our reality. Set us apart in your word. For your word is true. For your word is true. Set us apart. We are a chosen, set apart generation. Holy generation. Holy generation. Set apart for you. For your name. So this is our prayer that you will set us apart in your word. That your word will become a reality. Oh, we will delight in your word. Thank you, Jesus. I pray, O oh Lord, over anyone who is struggling today with the spirit of mammon in the name of Jesus. We speak the blood of Jesus over their lives. You have said it is finished on the cross and we declare the finished work of Christ in their lives that they are delivered once and for all. Once and for all. In Jesus' name. Father, we speak against the spirit of selfishness. We speak the spirit of love, power and sound mind the spirit of the Holy Spirit will bombard their lives let them overflow overflow giving out their life pouring themselves out pouring themselves out as a sweet fragrance on the altar of worship thank you Jesus for what is impossible with man is possible with you not by might not by strength but by your spirit says the Lord we thank you, Lord. We give you glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 